Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. We are so excited that you are here. And uh, we are, we're, we're going to have a good time today. Uh, in our first service, I, God really was able to minister to a lot of our people. And uh, I, I think that um, God is shifting and moving some things. Come on, even in our church. Right, we're going to see, uh, I'm going to actually stop and set this up a little bit. But um, we have a, uh, I'm using a tr- the trap set, a drum set, as an illustration for um, some of the things that we've been talking about the last couple weeks. And we want you to hit the groove in your life. And, and we know that it's super easy for you to come to church and just kind of get into the rhythm of coming to church. But it's like, how do I build my Christian life? How do I really build a life that is going to be pleasing to the Lord? Okay? That, that is going to honor Him? And so when I say pleasing to the Lord, first of all, you have to understand that you don't work for God's love. But there is a fragrance, an offering that, that, that comes from your, your life that God begins to go, okay, wow, because they're honoring me, I can honor that. And 1 Corinthians chapter 13 tells us the basics. It tells us that faith hope and love and so that's why we jumped into this idea that for us to hit the groove in life you're going to have to have a strong faith well the bible says without faith it's impossible to please the lord um uh, countless times the bible tells us about our hope and is our hope in man is our hope in our abilities is our hope come on listen in a degree or is our hope in the lord because that is where our help come on listen comes from and so i think as we start today um we are starting with this idea that god is good now i'm gonna help you so back in the day they, um, we used to say when the preacher or pastor would say, God is good all the time. I know you may be new to church and be like, I didn't get the memo on that. I didn't, could you, could you send that out? And so I'm, I'm going to, because here's the importance of why we want to say that and even keep that as an anthem. We are not saying that every day, all the time, your situations are going to be good. But you have to remind yourself that the goodness of God does not change because of our circumstances. God's nature doesn't change because things aren't working out. If we go through a season of hardship, if we go through a different season... God is still good all the time, even if we don't know what he's doing, even if we think that there should be more, even when we feel like he's late, the Bible tells us that God does not understand slowness like we do. 
and that everything God does is perfect. So when we say God is good, we say all the time, all the time, all the time, and all the time, God is good. So we, we talked about how the, the base is an illustration of our faith. And so it, when you talk about hitting a groove in music, that's basically that the rhythm is inside what, what musicians call the pocket, and there is a rhythm. We talked about this. You can go back and listen to this. I don't want to re-go over that. But the bass and the snare handle the basic rhythm. The hi-hat is more of the filter that's on top that gives the texture, the accent, uh, it, it brings the color to the rhythm. And so there's various different sounds when you open and close the hi-hat. So just like when you put it all together, So, so it's just this idea that you're putting the rhythm together, and I believe that God knew that you would need faith, hope, and love to hit a groove in your life. And the Bible actually says that the only thing that's going to remain, the only thing out of all of this that we're going to keep is love. Because when we're in his presence, it's only going to be love. Right now, you need a lot of faith. Faith when you hear about the news, faith when you hear about what's going on in life, faith, faith all the time. Um, you also need a lot of hope. But can you, can you imagine that one day when we are all, come on, in the presence of the Lord? And, and, and all there's going to be is love. You, do you know that you've never had a moment where the only thing that you ever felt was love? Even when, in the moment when someone loved you and it was awesome, there were still seeds of rejection in you. We don't know what it feels like to be, like, on the day when we're going to be in heaven and the nature of the kingdom is love. And, and, I, and I think this, I think that Paul begins to write, Jesus begins to tell us countless times in the New Testament, even in the Old Testament, we, we begin to realize the importance of love. We're going to read this verse on the screen. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 through 3. If I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. So, so you know, when, the hi-hat is basically just two cymbals. And so when you, when you tighten it up and it's disciplined, it, it, it kind of gives some movement to the rhythm. But, but if it's not really used right, I mean, this is not as annoying as a gong. But what, what the verse says is, that without love, we're, and here's what I have come to realize. We are constantly in moments, in marriage, in friendship, working for bosses, employers, family, vacations, friends, and we are constantly under, and we're wondering why we're all frustrated and annoyed. It's funny, when I uh, asked Katie to marry me, 
I, uh, I was the kind of person that I wanted to talk about everything up front. And so every dream, every thought, everything that I wanted, I was going to put it up front. We're going to talk about it. We're going to deal with it. We're going to deal with it all right now. Because I want to know where you're at. I don't want to get, you know, a couple years down the road and be like, oh, what? So it was a couple months before the engagement stuff had already gone out. She had already proposed. And we, we were, we were kind of in land. You know what I'm saying? We were landing this thing, getting ready. Um. And it came up, we started having a conversation about uh, how many kids we were going to have. Now, some of you already know where I'm going, and at that moment, uh, this whole conversation shows you my stupidity. But, um, and so, I, we get into this conversation, and I'm like, okay, we're going, I'm because I've been wanting to have it for about six months, so I'm like, okay, now's the opportunity. How many kids do you want? And she's like, ah. I'm just kind of saying. I was like, well, I can tell you I want two. Because the world was made for four. Cars, four. Roller coasters, two and two, four. Booths that you eat at, four. The world is made for four. And she just looks at me kind of like I'm stupid. And she's like, well, I think I want three kids or maybe even four. And I'm like, well, I'm going to tell you right now. (laughs) Big Daddy ain't doing four kids. You know, I'm like, you know, I didn't say it exactly like that, but that was my attitude. And so she's starting to get a little frustrated and starting to spin the, the ring like this. We instantly moved from being right by each other to having a little space so we could look eye to eye. And I, in my naivety, I said, well, the Bible says... When we get married, you're going to have to submit to your husband. And so if I don't want three or four kids, we're not having three or four kids. And she looked at me, and she's like, well, I don't know if I want to marry anyone that won't surrender to the Lord and won't pray about it first. I was like, no, you didn't. <laughs> I knew right then, if we could wrangle this thing in, we'd be a power couple. Because uh, uh, I gave her my best poker face, and she was like, gave me one. I'm, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's have seven. <laughs> she was spinning that ring, and it was one of those awkward conversations. And I was like, if you give me this ring back, I promise you, I am going to defriend you from Zanga. I, I am not playing. I am not playing games here. Uh, here's the thing. I say this story not to tell myself and how dumb I was. I, I say this story because I didn't know. So instantly, I didn't win. We had four kids. <laughs> Turn out, I like them. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that then. Uh, so I didn't know that there would be six people in my house that all went gong gong style. Y'all know, like I didn't know that there would be this six people and personalities and all of us had to manage for it to sound good because when I'm like, they're like... 
And when they're like, I'm like, and, 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 and my wife, I mean, occasionally, you know, I'm, I'll let her tell her stories. But, but I'm just saying that the reason the world is always frustrated and always rejected and always hurt is because everyone is managing rejection. You've all been, at some level of your life, rejected. And that's why it's important for us to be taught how to love by the Father who knows how to love. Here's verse 2. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. Come on, say nothing. Nothing. Like, in other words, what this means is, like, people can see your Instagram. They can see what you do on church. They can see what you do and how you help and how you better the community. They can see all of these things. But at the end of it, it could be nothing. Because there's a lot of people that do good things with wrong motives. They do to be seen. Not really to love. If I give away all that I have and deliver my body to be burned, ouch. But I have not love, then I am nothing. And I think that as we begin to talk about how to be a growing church and work together, I don't want to be a church that does nothing. I don't want to be a people that does nothing. I don't want to be the offbeat, annoying sound that is an irritant. I want to hit a groove so that people can feel what God's done in my life and I can give that freely. Come on, somebody, to somebody else. I want the love of God to flow freely through me. This is how the church, listen, makes a lasting impact. And before all the amens happen, woo, this is my jam. We're talking about love. I'm going to be honest. It's harder than you think. To do this will totally cause you to surrender, sacrifice, over and over and over again. Hitting the groove of love is harder than you think because it's super easy to get off. I mean, who doesn't like the word love? Think, let's think about love. Uh, love will always trend, but there is a difference between worldly love and godly love. And, and, and we, we got to make sure that we don't fall in love with the idea of love that actually isn't God's nature. And think about this. Worldly love and godly love ser serve two different purposes. Worldly love is self-first. It's worldly. It, it, it's self-focused. It's self-centered. It demands, listen to this, acceptance and approval. In other words, if you don't accept me the way I am and approve everything I think, then you really don't love me. That's, that's, that's not unconditional love. That's transactional love. I hear people, and, and so do you. Oh, I love them so much. They make me feel so good. When I'm down, I call them. And, and you don't even know. You may be thinking you're talking about love because it... There's a different language in the church than in the world. 
And what we've got to do is take what God wants and make it simple and plain, but we can't take worldly concepts, bring them into the church, and because they have some similar vernacular, we think we understand it. I love my job, my car, my home, because it, why? Because it benefits me. It gives me position. It helps me look like I've arrived. God's love is driven by giving. God is love. His love is agape love. This is a sacrificial and pure love. Even when we are deep in our sins, God loves us. This is a huge statement, and I know if you've been at church for any time, you're like, yeah, I got it. But actually, I feel like we're a culture that's missing it. Here's what you need to understand is you are already loved by God. You're not working to please God. No matter what sin tempts you. Listen, let's hear, hear what I'm saying. Any type of lust. We are going to have to figure out as a church, we've got complicated decisions to make because there is a tension between teaching truth and not cowering to culture, but yet loving the broken who's been victimized by it. Are we as a church thinking about what will happen in the next 20 years when people who have been on the bandwagon of transgender begin to make decisions and then they realize that it left them empty and they want to change but they can't change? Will they be able to come and be in a church or will we prejudge them before they even show up? Will we allow someone who is struggling with homosexuality but not giving into it but struggling because we don't know their context, we don't know their, what, how they were brought up, we don't know what, become, hear what I'm saying? And so how do we balance the tension between raising young people that, like, that can be Daniel's and be around compromise, but it never be in them. But also, be people that, my job isn't to judge you, it's to give you, give to you. And I'm going to give to you because God gave to me, and whatever I get, give, have been given freely, I want to give. So today I want to talk about the, the, the importance of getting into a rhythm and a groove, come on, in your faith. And I want to give you three ways to lock in to the groove of love. Three ways to lock in to the groove of love. When we begin to understand that lust, all types of pride, come on, there is the type of pride that is the egomaniac. And then there is the Christian pride that is under a veneer of, well, I pray so much, I give so much, I do so much, and I am actually a Pharisee because I feel like my success in life has come by what I've done rather than the favor by God. Come on. Subtle and obvious greed. There's... There's 
obvious greed where you're like, you know, uh, the 70s version of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I want the world. I want the whole world. You're like, okay. And then there's like that subtle greed. Hmm. Did you get a new car? Must be nice. See, you got a new shirt. Glad you got your hair done. Nails, nails look done too. Mm. 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 How much that cost? Mm. 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 And before you know it, there's something in you hindering love. And I just think that more and more, it's not about us picking out the people who are. It's about us realizing that we're the. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? For us, we've all been rejected. We've all been affected by sin. God never wanted sin, listen, to infect humanity. But at, he gave dominion and authority and power to Adam and Eve. And, 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 and he entrusted humanity with them. And when they sinned by saying, I will go against God's command and I will eat what is forbid, forbidden, Sin then began to move all throughout, come on, listen, humanity. And from that day to this day, evil has been on display. Because we've all been rejected, the lens in which we see ourselves is stained and smudged. It prohibits a correct view of how God sees us. And, and listen, sure God sees our sin and it, he sees our wickedness. He knows our every motive. Like he knows what we're wanting everybody to hear and then what's underneath that and why. He understands. He knows our battle. That's why he sent Jesus to free us. We don't have to live under sin and shame, regret and rejection. Come on, hear what I'm saying. It's not enough to just know that God loves us. We can sing the song, I loves us, he loves us, he loves but, but here's the deal. God is actually, there's a part of it that's intellectual, and then there's a part of it that is emotional. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says this, And the hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been Poured into our hearts, poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us. Here's the concept, is that understanding God's love for us is more than just knowing, there is also a pouring. You've got to accept his love. You've got to allow it to pour over all of your missteps and mistakes and past and baggage, allowing him to pour into your heart is the only thing that makes your heart soft. Come on, listen to what I'm saying. Knowledge does not make your heart soft. You can be in church, and this is the issue. This is why if we're not careful, church will grow up gongs. Because I'm going to church to make myself better. But you're actually going to church to be discipled so that you get in proximity to the Lord so that he begins to re reveal to you the brokenness and what's going on in your life. And so then there begins to be something called spiritual transformation that happens. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? This happens, soft heart happens when we worship. 
Come on, I want to talk to you a little bit. Well, I'm just not comfortable in open settings. Well, have you thought about heaven? Have you thought about when we get there, how many people will be present? You know what I'm saying? Like we're all going to be there, and the Bible says that we're singing holy, holy, holy. Well, I'm not expressive. Okay? I tried that with my, with, with, with my wife. She was like, I love you. I was like, I'm not expressive. I told you when we got married, if it ever changes, I'll let you know. Like, that ain't going to work. You hear what I'm saying? And so you, if you have a full context of what God's done for you, then it changes how you interact with him. This is what happens when we pray. It happens when we accept the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. It happens when, in those still small moments when we begin to seek him. His pouring changes our posture. We can actually define people who have studied the Bible all day but never applied its concepts are actually really good gongs. Because I study to know what I believe so I can argue really well. Come on. I'm not saying you shouldn't study. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. But your studying should lead to an altercation between your spirit and humanity. If you want to complete the sound that comes from your life, it will start with accepting the love of God. This is what changes, listen, your rhythm. First John chapter 4, verse 9 through 10 says this. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Can I tell you this? If you want to live, spiritually live, it's going to be through him. And in this, his love, in this, his love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. So here's the deal. Look at this. And sent his son as a restoration for our sin. It's not what you're giving to God. It's you realizing what God gave to you. Absolutely, we want to focus on giving God great and high and mighty praise from our life. But what has God given you? That's where we start. That's the foundation. And, 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 and if we don't, listen, if we don't get to the place where we can accept his love, and a lot of people are rejecting it because they've been rejected. Like we're still battling things from our past. We're still battling things, and God is like, no, 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 I love you, but you don't know what I've done. I love you, but you don't know how I acted. I love you, but you don't know, man, I kicked the cat. I said a cuss word. I did this. I acted this. I, when you were at your worst, I chose you. Here's what I'm saying. Like, you remember being in the playground in the third and fourth grade when people are picking teams, and you're like... And God's like... I want you, 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 and then it comes to you and you're like, I can't dribble, I can't shoot, I barely can run, I'm terrible, I'm just disgusting, 
I'm no good at this. I want you. Here's a jersey. I'm going to change your status. I'm going to adopt you. I'm going to put you in the family. I'm going to call you a son and daughter. They've got good things for you. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Your stepdad may have rejected you. Your stepmom may have rejected you. Your boss may not have considered you for the promotion. Your brother may have left you. Your sister may. But I am telling you that God so loved the world that he gave. Here's the second one. You're going to have to allow his love to minister to you. The enemy wants you to live life without love. He wants you so busy with effort that you miss the ministry of Jesus and what Jesus wants to do, come on, in your life. He wants you to do nothing. Well, I've built a house, nothing. I have a career, nothing. Well, I've, I, I, I started my business, nothing. Well, we had a lot of kids, nothing. Come on. And so you, we got to be very careful that whatever the world applauds, you're important. God calls nothing. Ministry begins as you lean into a relationship with the Lord. After you accept God's love, that is when ministry begins to happen in you and for you and to you. That's when the true healing begins. His love can never move through you until you've allowed it to minister to you. Do you know that you could be in church for 30 years and still... People get mad and they're like, man, I went to church, I tried it like it's a Coke. And it didn't work. I I listened to the sermon, I listened to this, I went like for two years and it didn't work. And you want to know why? Because if the content didn't lead you into a connection, then it doesn't have the power to change your life. See, we, were, we all have grown up with people looking at us and looking over us and staring at us and not giving us an opportunity to think that we can step into this moment, not believing, being frustrated at our ADD or ADHD or running around the room. We've all had those moments when you felt not good enough. And I'm telling you this, don't miss the ministry of Jesus that transforms your life. His love brings the accent and texture and consistency needed. Here's the thing. You're in, you're, God has you on a road and, and Jesus left the Holy Spirit to minister to us in his absence and the Bible listen to instruct us and the Holy Spirit John 16 says that the Holy Spirit is the teacher the revealer of truth the helper without the ministry listen of the Holy Spirit we are going to sound like a gong rather than a crisp hat And I don't know about you, but I want to lock into the rhythm that God has for me. I want to lock into the groove. And so here's what gongs sound like. My way, my view, my feelings, and my motives. 
When we study the Word, we aren't just learning information and knowledge. We're letting the Word wash what we grew up in. I don't have to respond yelling and screaming every single time. I don't have to be isolated and be quiet and be scared if I say something, someone's going to be mad at me. I don't have to live in relationships over and over again that I'm scared to be myself. The Bible washes away old mindsets, offenses, frustrations, worldviews, and failures. And I am not talking about your mate or your friend or your mom or your dad. I'm talking about you. You have to allow ministry to happen. When ministry happens, healing happens. When love is present, healing's present. Now, this might not always look miraculous, but it will always make a difference. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. But whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Come on. I'm asking you today to wrestle with the fact that you may need to tear up your hate list. You may need to ask forgiveness for holding that grudge. You feel like you've been empowered to keep that offense but God says, no. Here's the third one. You're supposed to give what you've received. See, see, here's the thing is when we allow God's love to minister to us, then we have something to give. Many outside the church are frustrated with the church. And I get it. We've jumped on bandwagons, chosen righteousness, sometimes over compassion. We've come up as, off as super judgmental. But there is some fake news that I need to make sure that you guys understand. We are all in the process of spiritual transformation. The church cannot delay on what faith should be producing, listen, in our life. In our life. So I want to tackle two things that you need to know. The first one is this. It's a process. You can get saved today, but that does not mean that your temptations, baggage, backgrounds are instantly healed. You grew up in a family that for 18 years struggled with financial problems. And every time a bill came, every time the, uh, 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 a phone rang, every time something happened, tell them I'm not here, tell them this, tell them this. Well, don't act like those moments, good or bad, did not program something in you. You may not be, you, maybe as a child you grew up with an alcoholic mom or dad and we're not judging people, we're just assessing things. And because of that you don't even drink, but, and, but, but, but you thought it was about more of the substance, but it was the coping mechanism and now you're still up and down, you're still angry and having flashes of this and you're like, how in the world does this happen? I'm not even doing what they did, but you were trained. In an environment, in every environment, my home is an imperfect home. My kids are going to have to take some things to the cross. I'm going to have to take some things that they've done to the cross. We are all, come on, does that make sense? Love doesn't mean that everybody does it perfect. 
Love is actually given when, because everybody does it. Come on, hear what I'm saying. And so you could actually be in church for 15 years and you're still angry. You're still looking for someone to blame. You're frustrated at your life group leader. You, 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 you're, you're here and you're expecting everyone to cater to you and everybody to serve you. And you're using words like, oh, the church loves, the church loves, the church loves. But you're actually using the definition of not loving. Because you want to take. That means that you're spiritually thirsty. That means you're looking for someone to do something that you're not willing to do for yourself. That means that you need the pouring of the Holy Spirit to be out on you. And the fact that you are thirsty is because you need to get under Him and let Him pour on you so that your thirst will be quenched but there is no team no pastor no boss no wife no spouse no child anybody that can quench your thirst you are moving in a process and that process is called sanctification so here's what i'm going to ask you we are going to have young people we're going to have and, and and when i talk about this we have lambs that are all the time, in the last service, we had five, four or five people give their life to the Lord. Lambs, 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 babies. Some of these babies are 12 and 13. Some of them are 18 and 19. Some of them are 26 and 27. Some of them are 65. It has nothing to do with age. In fact, well, I've been to church 30 years, but yeah, what have you applied? Let's just be honest. You might be in church for 30 years, but you're a two-year-old. I'm not mad, but, the, but for us to really understand what God wants to do, it's called maturity. At the end of 1 Corinthians, it begins to wrap all of this up, and it says, when I was a child, I thought like a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things, and I... Come on, hear me. So here's what I'm asking you to do. When you see a lamb... Bah, 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 bah. I'm asking you not to kick the lambs, not to beat the lambs, but to encourage the lambs to grow. In other words, don't hate, motivate. Come on. Like, 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 don't, come on, come on, that's good. Don't hate, motivate. Begin. Let, let them, let them have an accident. We're going to fix it. Let them grow. We're going to work it out. Because, well, I know that church. Can you believe they have? Whoever. I'm saying, like, they're lambs. When my kids were young, they would, start expanding their vocabulary and they would use big words at the wrong moments i didn't discipline them i trained them we're going to have to train people because when people are squeezed what comes out is their past here's the second thing we got we cannot as believers delay the production of love in our life. Love is a fruit of the Spirit, and you're going to have to grow it, mature it, and produce it in your life. This should be one of the, fir uh, the first fruit of the Spirit, love. The closer you get to Jesus, the more teachable and the more giving you should become. Everyone has a story of a, a traumatic past and things that have happened in their life. But you're going to have to grow in love. And the only way that you grow in love is not by learning more content. It's about being in proximity to his presence. 
He is the source. He's the gas to the empty tank. So when you are irritable, come on. When you're frustrated, when you get your power walk from the kitchen to the bedroom, come on. You may need to do two things. You may need to go spend some time with the Lord and tell him what's going on in your heart. And then you may need to go work out, get that sweat, get that stuff, clean something, do, do both. But here's the thing. The sign of your spiritual maturity is love. Are you still fighting everyone you meet? Are you still isolating? Are you still acting like you're better than someone else? Are you still lashing out? Come on, are you still easily offended? Are you still assuming the worst about everyone that you meet? Come on, listen, that's not maturity. We need to mature. Come on, somebody. Because here's why we do all that. We don't want to be hurt. So you have an enemy and don't let him steal from you what God wants you to give to somebody else. We want this to be your burying church. And I realize that in church, there are some people here for a reason, some people here for a season, but there are some people that this is going to be your church, and you're going to be here for a very, very long time, and we want this to be your burying church. But in, other, but in order for that to happen, we're going to have to walk in love. That means that you're going to experience mistakes, mess-ups, wrong motivations, misinformation. You're, it's all going to happen because it happens in your own family. But if we learn, listen, forgive, seek to, come on, listen, have the Father's heart, then God will do powerful things through a bunch of imperfect people. I was meeting with a man the other day. He began to tell me his story. And he said, you know what, all that God has healed and done in my past, what I grew up in, alcohol and, 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 and parents and abuse and so many things. He said, but I realized that the closer I got to the Lord, the more I began to have, come on, the Holy Spirit pour out what he said about me, not about all the other things that people were saying about me. That is what you have to give. That is what we want you to give. We want you to hit the beat of love. We want you to receive, come on, listen, the Father's love. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 14 says, let all that you do be done in love. Don't let stress, fixing problems, dealing with people, leave you with nothing to give. Love, when love evaporates. So here's what I want you to know. You don't... I'm using the word grow as a play on words, but it's not like you're in church and you grow in love. You actually, love comes from the Father, and so you, you have the ability to contain where you remain. Does that make sense? If I'm close to the Father, I'm really full, and I have something to give. If I'm distant, I don't have anything to give. And so that love turns to lust. Come on, hear what I'm saying. And so lust, here's the thing. Lust says, I want more. It's never enough. Lust screams, give me. Give me honor. Give me respect. Give me money. Give me time. Give me attention. Give me position. Give me the last word. Give me. And we can even do it in the church. Give me hymns. Give me the moments I think should be at church. Give me this, give me that. 
and we wonder why sometimes we don't grow because we're trying to find, come on, a body that will give us what we want. Come on. The Bible tells us that love is measured in sacrifice. And Jesus tells us that the love that came from the Father actually positioned him not to be served, but to do the serving. Come on, listen, listen. When's the last time you took the posture of washing someone else's feet? You're like, number one, I haven't because that's icky. And uh, you never know where people's toes have been. And... Come on, listen, listen. But for the king to wash his disciples' feet, do you think Trump or Biden or Obama or Bush? I, I, I'm not judging these men. I'm just saying that in their position, do you think they were like, hey, aid to the staff, staffer. Come over here. Let me give you a mini petty. Let's get this thing done. There's no way like the right way. Dad, be honest. Husband, I'm going to be honest. Most of the time, the conflict has been high in my house is because I was making demands. Serve me, cater me, do what I want you to do. And if you do that, I'll be happy. The only problem is, there's always something that someone doesn't do, so I'm never happy. Come on, does this make sense? Actually, Jesus taught us a different posture. Love is measured in sacrifice. In church, to be a giver, you're going to have to have something that you receive from the Lord. And I just want to talk to you. Everybody in this room, could you, I know we're almost done, but look around. Just kind of look around, left and right, left and right, front and back. Just kind of look around. Everybody in this room has a past. Everybody is working through something. We all need grace. We all need mercy. You, everyone is growing to a threshold of becoming a giver Everyone is learning to live by faith. Everyone is learning to have, let compassion and not control be the thing that motivates them. Everyone is learning how to model sacrifice. Everyone is battling with forgiving someone. And I realize that there are people in our church, Ben, y'all go ahead and come up, who have been treated really bad. Like you've experienced some Horrific, horrible things. But I need you to understand something. That was incredibly wrong. But we are all sinners. And we may be able to label ourselves victim, not victim. Then... We begin to posture ourselves as I'm better than you because, because I didn't hurt myself. When the reality is 
Everybody in the room has hurt somebody. Listen, everybody in the room has hurt somebody. And I need you to dive into this thought. No one will ever treat you worse than you've treated Jesus. Because our sin took him to the cross. There was a divide. And there was no way that we could meet the Father. There's no way that we could enter into relationship. And the sin in all of us. Are there anybody in the room that you ran away from the Lord and came back and ran away from the Lord and came back? Is there anybody that had a moment of pride that you hurt someone because you thought you were being right, but really you were being hard? Is there anybody in the room, come on, does that make sense? Anybody that you should have been caught, that maybe your husband or wife don't know, your kids don't know, and you're modeling this, but you know that in this moment, I'm kind of living a double life, and I need you to understand something. That none of us are perfect. None of us can can go. I, I. No one will ever treat you worse than you've treated Jesus. You've rejected him. You tried to do it without him, and that's okay. But his love never changed. I stand at the door and I knock and I am right here I am right here your ugliness doesn't make me take my ball and leave your tackiness doesn't make me avoid you I am right here and that is the position of love come on listen that we need I need you to know that there are going to be a lot of people in your life And there are five key relationships that you've got to know. There are going to be people who teach you, people who encourage you, people who challenge you, people who resist you, and people who follow you. And all of them are to squeeze to see what is in you. And I'm asking you, today, when you finally get home and turn on the TV and your kids walk in, boss calls which one are you going to be here's the last verse and then we're going to be done Romans chapter 12 verse 9 through 17 says this let love be genuine the Bible was not written to those that didn't care about the Lord the Bible was written to Christians believers it was a letter to the churches to say hey hey, hey be on guard let love be genuine Adhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another showing honor. Oh, you're awesome. No, 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 you're awesome. No, I'm dead, bro. You're awesome. Outdo each other. Don't compete with one another. Don't be slothful in zeal. Meaning like fan the flame of your faith. Don't, Don't put it on cruise control. What does God want to do next? Whatever you put in in this season, God will multiply it in the next. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Some of you, listen, it hadn't been your time yet. Be patient. 
Be constant in prayer all the time, giving God needs, giving God frustrations, giving God rejections. Contribute to the needs of the saint. Seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Weep with those who weep. Come on, listen. Have there ever been times, even as a Christian, where we were too busy to weep? And we were like, you got it. I'm sure you'll figure it out. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be haughty. I am the smartest person. Everyone needs to listen to me. What? But associate with the lowly. In other words, always be in proximity to someone who would benefit from what God did in your life. Don't ever get so insulated where you're only around people. Come on, hear what I'm saying. Never be wise in your own sight. I am the smartest person in this church. The reason I have a problem going to life groups is because I feel like every life group leader doesn't know the Bible as good as I do because I've listened to, I've never gone to school, but I've watched a lot of YouTubes and I am really consistent at YouTubes. Repay no one evil for evil. I am going to get them back. I'm telling you, just watch. Give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. Here is how I want to end. We have to maintain a posture of love. And that is something that you're responsible for. The church isn't responsible for that, for that for you. You are responsible to get close to the Lord. You're responsible when conviction comes to change your heart. You're responsible to own it and go, that was mine. I gonged you, my bad. Let me send you a text and say, I repent. I was a big fat gong face and I'm sorry. I gonged it. Come on. And that's not how I want to treat you. And absolutely, there's room for boundaries and, and courageous conversations and, 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 and all of that. But, but the truth is, I was triggered by what you said. And what you said took me back here. And that's not your fault. That's something I need God to touch. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? So all over this place, come on, bow your heads just real quick. God, thank you. Father, that your love is good. Father, that you begin to love us. You, you, right now, just pour out, Holy Spirit, pour out your love on your people. Shame, sin, regret, rejection. Father, that you would begin to move in this place. Father, that, that we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be perfect. Come on, you guys stand up with me. Stand up. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.